This morning, the Matrix throwing me curveballs left and right. And Delhi wasn't even responsible today. I can't even blame him. I might try, though. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to a fantastic show we have planned for you today. We're going to talk. We're going to lead with some information about Andrew and Tristan Tate. That news broke of them shifting over to house arrest uh, right after I got off air on Friday. So I couldn't address it. Um, I took some time. I did some digging. I looked into some stuff. And I want to talk about... Primarily, we're going to lead with this. Where are their heads at now? What has happened? Do we see a different Andrew that has emerged from prison? What what did we expect to see? What are we actually seeing? We're going to actually look at a bunch of content that's rolled out from both of the brothers because I think it's a really interesting story and they're very, very influential. There's a lot of people that can't stand them, as we know. There's a lot of people that love them. Very, very controversial figures. And it's important to see where their head's at and what they may be doing next. Because a lot of people looking to see who look to them for guidance, who look to them for, you know, controversy, who look to them because they love them, who look to them because they hate them. So we're going to do some pretty deep analysis of that. Uh, I'm also going to address a viral TikTok. It went crazy. Social media erupted in fights. People were going at each other's throats. It was called Do Not Approach Me. And it was a woman who essentially was telling a story of how she was approached in a parking lot. And she did several videos. And people are really coming at it from every angle. I have an opinion about it. I want to hear your opinion about it as well. We have a panel of modern women tossing the word judgment around. We have the latest in gender madness. Wait till you see this stuff. We have a biological male saying there's no such thing as biological men. And we have a biological male snatching the record for a women's powerlifting event by 100 pounds. 100 pounds. You heard that correctly. We're going to talk about why the Matrix wants that to happen and why the Matrix is trying to sell you on makeup for men. So all of that and more. We're going to begin today with Andrew and Tristan Tate. We do have a chat that came in early. I'm going to read that quickly because I think it's a good one. Jesse, California. Is that from California? Give 11 bucks. Love the show, Jed. Oh, no, no. I see Canada. You should look into Bill C-11 in Canada. Trudeau is trying to censor all information that doesn't follow the liberal agenda. I need to leave this country. ASAP. I hate to break it to you, but you should. Canada is sinking. Um, and I know people say, no, stay and save it. Yeah, no. It's going the way of liberal crazy. It already has, but it's it's inching and inching. I don't know that C11, but I will check it out. Thank you to everyone. The chats will be read. The super chats will be read. Head those uh, on in. Send them over to Delhi, and we will be covering those as well. All right. Andrew and Tristan Tate. It's been interesting to watch this unfold, right? I think it was surprising to many of us that he got shifted over to house arrest. It was surprising to me, actually, because I thought that they were going to drag this out as long as possible. Now, you remember, these guys, there's no charges that have been brought against them. Zero charges in prison, in horrific conditions, month after month. Finally, they shift them over to house arrest, which has to be a deep sense of relief for them. Because as bad as it is to be under house arrest, I mean, that is a big improvement from being under horrendous conditions in a jail, particularly when they haven't charged you with anything. Interesting. Okay, so we're going to look at some of the content. Let's look at that first one, one of Tate's first statements when he came out. And we're going to go in chronological order based on what I think is important and indicative of where his head's at in particular, 
what may be coming next down the pike. And I have some advice for them if there's anyone from their team listening. I was in communication with some members of their team to talk about what could potentially be coming next. But I have some advice I didn't share directly with the team, but I will share it with them here. Okay. Let's do that first one, Deli, if you can pull that up. So this is the first image that we saw emerge. You'll remember this happened on Friday. And let's play the clip of what Andrew said. Now, you can see this is just as they exit the jail. They haven't cleaned up yet. They haven't done anything. Pay attention to what Andrew says. I think it's very, very important. Let's play it. Andrew, what are you trying when I was in jail, I focused on doing push-ups and reading the Quran. And when I am home, I will focus Mashallah. on doing push-ups and reading the Quran. Mashallah. Don't leave the top G. You can see that there were many supporters that were on site. What what was incredibly impressive to me, and I don't know him personally, but this is a man that's been through hell and back. Look at his composure. Look at his calm. Look how he exited that as if he had been through, you know, I don't know, maybe a 24-hour whatever. He doesn't look like it It took his life force away. For some people who had gone through that, that would have wrecked them. They would have completely wrecked them. He walks out. He's laser-focused, by the way, on the things that he is prioritizing in this moment. And I think it's very important to acknowledge what that is. When he was in jail, he focused on push-ups, which he's always talking about the ability of fitness, the ability of pushing your body to kind of get your mind in order. You know, he always says to those guys, if you're depressed, go get a six pack and come back to me. He practices what he preaches. That tells me that he believes what he's saying. He went in there. He did those push-ups to try to keep his mind in order and the Quran. So this is a man who has changed. And a lot of that content that you see from him in those former years and those early years, which by the way, is a lot of the content that the media clings to. I don't think that's representative of where he is today. This is a guy who has talked about the Quran in detail. You're going to see several uh, posts come from him in that regard. But I thought it was really interesting that his first message to the world is composed, is calm, is not someone who looks erratic, is someone who looks like he's in control of what's happened, was incredibly polite and was respectful of those asking the questions and is focused on two things wellness, right? To get your mind in order in terms of those push-ups. Let me keep my focus. Let me keep my aura intact. That's number one. And number two was the Quran. That tells you where he's at. Very, very important. Okay. Then we go to the next one. Deli, you can pull that up. This is going to go in order. So, okay. This is, uh, let me see where that one is. Trying to do these all crazy. Okay. Let's play. Now this, we're going to have to mute for you guys. Okay, this is him walking around. Uh, you see, this is the first video that emerged of him in his own house. And what it says is, I'm going to read above it. Since last year, I've been in 24-hour lockdown, no yard time, pacing a three-meter cell with zero electronics or outside contact. Absolute clarity of mind, real thoughts, real plans, vivid pain, one hour home, and I can't stand my phone. Some habits die hard. We must defend. Uh, defeat Shaitan. Shaitan is, a, I believe, an evil spirit. So you see him walking around. You see, now what type of state of mind does he look like he's into? This looks like a guy who's already planning his next move. Now, this is before he even shaved. He did anything. He walked in. You know, he's his trademark, cigar smoking. You know how I feel about that. But regardless. And he looks, I mean, to be honest with you, for a guy that's been in jail for a couple of months under horrific conditions, looks pretty fit, 
he definitely was doing those push-ups in there and looks like he is about to figure out what is next. What I really appreciate about these two guys is that laser focus. I, I get the feeling that there's there's no rest in that in that family. And it's really just point A, point B, point C, point D. And it's it's a lesson for everyone, right? This has been a lesson for everyone because you find yourself in situations or circumstances that are not advantageous to you. You can't let that stuff sink you. You have to figure out a way to navigate your way out. And one thing that's really impressive, I saw some tweets that were coming through. There was one in particular about a guy who had had cancer and was having these exchanges with Andrew, and it really helped him to have that mind over matter. They're very, very, very deep into the power of the mind. And that's something that's very hard to do. It's something a lot of people can't do. And it's such an important message because your mind oftentimes does run your body. You know, when, when we talk in wellness about the connection of the mind to the body, if you're anxiety ridden, depressed, your body is going to feel that pain, that turmoil. And that often does manifest in disease. This is a guy who you can see. He just doesn't allow for that type of mental chaos. And that's very, very admirable. And by the way, very, very challenging. It's not something I do well, admittedly. Um, but that was the, the first image we saw that everyone was commenting on of him. And again, what is he talking about? The phone, distraction, not an important thing. Again, we must defeat Shaitan. This is talking about like an evil spirit. There is a connection to religion there. Again, okay. Then he began to retweet some things that I thought were really interesting because remember, sometimes you retweet what is in your active state of mind or stuff that you are prioritizing. This is a guy who came right out of the gate and could have talked about anything. This is the stuff he's choosing to focus on that tells you where his head is at and where he's going. So we have this um, next tweet, if you see. This is a retweet of a woman. I don't know if he knows her. Dell, you have that third one? Yep. Okay. If you want a man to protect, provide, and care for you, then make sure you're a woman who is worth protecting, providing, and being cared for. He doesn't need much, but what he does need is a nice meal, a warm embrace, and a clean, peaceful home. But most of all, he needs respect. This was really interesting to me, that he chose to focus on all the issues that he could have zeroed in on right out of the gate. This is something that he chose to focus on. And what it tells me is that I think that he probably, throughout the last two months, has had the support of women around him that have really helped him to get through what's gone on. And he repeatedly will talk about the power of women and the power of the right woman to ground a man. We can flip off the tweet and come back to the full screen. And I think it's really interesting that he, he in this, he, he's calling out, right, women who aren't doing what guys need, right? This is, this isn't, this is a bit of a, a dig at modern women, right? As it should be, frankly. And he's saying, if you want all of these things from a guy, if you want to be provided for, if you want to be protected, if you want to be cared for, and you have a right to want those things, you also have to provide something for that man. You can't create chaos in his world. You have to be someone who, when we talk about femininity and we talk about the beauty of being a woman, that is someone who cares about the home, who wants to bring peace. Because if that guy is going to go through hell and back for you, if that guy is going to make sure that you are financially taken care of, if that guy, when you know what hits the fan, is going to step up to the plate and he's going to say, don't you worry don't you stress, I've got this, then you need to be able to create calm around him. So he's reminding you this, and, and people, of course, got offended. But in reality, he's really reminding you of the beauty of the compliment between a woman who really loves her man and a man who really loves his woman. That's really interesting to me that right out of the gate, because this is a topic that is controversial and one that he's known for, and he chose to focus on right from the top. Okay. 
then we have another one coming after that. Let's see what we have here. These are all, Del, you can just keep pulling these in order. And I will, okay. So this is a response to the tweet above. You see that top girl, Kiko, um, JD, fuel your man with energy, not just sexual energy, but emotional and spiritual energy. If he's a worthy man, you in turn will reap big rewards. And he writes above it to give a man emotional energy and take a man's emotional energy are completely different and often confused female actions. He needs fuel for the tank if you expect him to take you far. And that's the thing. I think women oftentimes will focus on men and say, well, I want this. I want this. I expect this. But in the process, they drain those guys, right? Instead of, instead of refueling the tank and helping them to be the strongest warrior that they can be for the family, they just drain, right? Drain, drain, drain. You can't do that. Well, you can, but you won't have that same strong guy on the front lines for you then. That guy needs reinforcement. And what that reinforcement is, your warmth, your support, your loyalty, your respect, that beautiful home, that peace, Right? No person can go out into chaos repeatedly without having some grounding in peace. And for men, particularly men like this, who are warriors at their core, that peace is that woman by his side. I don't know if he has more than one woman. I'm not sure what he practices. Um, I'm not really sure. But regardless, that orbit around him is calm, right? Calm. You can't go from storm to storm. You can go from calm to storm. So I think that was really interesting. And I think it, it really speaks to if he emerges from that jail cell with that calm and he emerges with that composure, which is really, frankly, astonishing. I was like, wow, he doesn't look frazzled at all. And some of that you can say, well, some of that is for the camera, what he wants to display. Sure. But if you're really frazzled inside, some of that is going to come through. It's absolutely going to come through. And I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing an incredible sense of peace emerge from him. So where did that piece come from? I guarantee you that some of that piece came from his surroundings and who he chooses to surround himself with, particularly the women around him. Okay. Then he does not, interestingly enough, right out of the gate, does not shy away from controversy and goes after one of the most heated topics of all. And wokeness says, okay, we can pull that up. And Wokeness posts this. It says, Woke Pastor explains why drag is holy. Let's play a little bit of the TikTok and then we will get, well, he says haram, so you know where he's going with that. Let's play it. Drag is holy. There has been an assault on the rights of drag performers in this country, and we must call out the hypocrisy and the injustice. Jesus called himself a mother hen longing to gather up her chicks. Gender is a construct, you see. And if Jesus can be a mother hen, then you can dress in drag. I've even heard it said that Jesus was, and humanity is, God in drag. Okay, so this guy so is obviously say- off the rails, right? Could we all attest to the guy's got a little something upstairs ain't right, right? There's no nicer way to say it. Uh, drag is holy, apparently, now. I'm, You know. It's a little sickness going on. Regardless, what's interesting, this is one of the most controversial topics you can talk about right now. You have people getting censored on big tech constantly for even wading into these discussions. This is a guy who's just coming out of a couple of months of prison. This is a guy who went into prison, by the way, remember, right after he had that exchange with Greta Thunberg on climate change. We all know the climate agenda is the baby of of the woke, disturbing leftist garbage movement these you know one world government movement and now he's going right into the fire right with haram saying this is 
disgusting, gross, a sacrilege, all of that. Interesting that he would choose to wade into those waters right away. So what does that tell you? It tells you that this guy's not going anywhere. He the, he the message of sit down and shut up did not register for him. He was like, mm, yeah, no thanks. He's still going to be controversial. He's still going to wade into these topics. In fact, he may wade into them even more so because they tried to silence him and it didn't work. So the message, the takeaway is I would not expect him to be a watered down version of himself. I would not expect him to be afraid to talk about things. If anything, I would expect him to vocalize that stuff a little bit more, knowing full well that there's a target on his back, knowing full well that everyone in media, all the people who are probably trying to get interviews with him, nasty, right? They're like, oh, how can we get him? Vice is probably like, hey, remember us? <laughs> remember that guy that looked, was highly feminized and went into the boxing ring and was like, oh my God, I'm going to get hurt. You know, he's probably made a phone call. Really? I, I could sit down with you this time, Andrew. I promise I'll be nice. You know how they operate. But he's not playing, he's not playing games, right? This guy's going to come out of the gate and he's going to be himself. So anyone who was worried, oh man, he's going to be quiet. Mm -mm, mm -mm. By the way, he still has a target on his back. Don't think that the folks in the matrix who can't stand this guy, don't think they've all of a sudden had some type of awakening. They know exactly what the agenda is and the agenda is still to silence him. But he also knows it's going to be a lot harder to shut him up than they thought it was going to be. Okay. Then we have cat turd, you know, cat turd, cat turd was mad at me at one point. Um, I wasn't pro-Trump enough for Cat Turd, so he took it out on me. But it's fine. I forgive. It's all good. Anyway, Cat Turd says, if you speak truth to power, the New World Order will do anything to destroy you and have you silenced. They'll frame you, jail you, bankrupt you, lie about you, plant evidence, anything to shut you up from telling the truth. Just look at Julian Assange, President Trump, Andrew Tate, General Flynn, and on and on. Anyone whose voice gets too big and starts revealing the truth will be demonized by their media propagandas, vilified, destroyed, and punished for telling the truth. Anytime someone exposing these evil demons suddenly gets arrested, take it to the bank, it's a lie and they're innocent. Now, why is this important? Well, Andrew retweeted this uh, because that's what happened, right? That's what happened. I mean, why else would you arrest a guy? It just doesn't make any sense. This story doesn't make any sense. I don't care how many times Destiny comes on here and accuses, oh, you've been trafficking. Where is the evidence? So now we're supposed to believe that this guy is somehow guilty, even though they brought him in, they kept him, they didn't charge him, and now they've released him to house arrest? No. This doesn't, the story is, is loaded loaded with holes as big, this big, right? We all know that. We can all acknowledge that now. He was a threat to the system. I told you that right off the gate, right, right when I realized that I had gotten triggered and I was like, wait a second, why am I getting triggered by this guy? There's truth to what he's saying. And wait a minute, do I have some internal programming chip that I need to pull out? And as it turns out, I did. So out. But this guy is a deep threat to the system. Politically, once I realized that he was wading into political topics that the WHO and the WEF and all these big organizations weren't going to like, I realized he was going to be in trouble, right? And what's interesting, at this time, I also wrote a tweet. I didn't pull that one, so don't worry, Daly. But I said, remember when Hillary Clinton lied under oath? And do you remember when he, she said she didn't know what the C in confidential meant when there was a whole email scandal? She was like, I have no idea what that C means. I don't even know. I thought it meant, you know, classify. She was lost in space. In the meantime, she had signed documents that said she knew exactly what that meant, what that C in confidential meant. She knew exactly all of those things. So she lied. Interesting that she hasn't been indicted yet, right? And people were like, why? Well, why? Because she's part of the system. She's their beloved little Hillary Clinton. She could walk down the street, do something terrible and get away with it. That's why. The reason that these people are being targeted is because they're a threat to what the system wants to propagate in society, right? 
complete and total threat. This guy has been a threat. He's always going to be a threat. So he's always going to have a target on his back. And oddly, I think he's comfortable knowing that. He's like, you know what? I'd rather know where I stand. So you got to respect him for that. Okay. Then he says, this is another interesting, uh, interesting tweet that comes out. The next one you can pull up, Delhi. Okay. In a jail cell for an unknown period of time, facing the largest of battles. It was the perfect time for any traitors on my team to betray me, but my team remained solid, flawless. I am the perfect judge of character, surrounded by impeccable men. Teams like mine cannot lose. So interestingly enough, I hope he paid attention to this, and I'm sure he did. There were a lot of people. Now, his internal team, I will say, you know, his friends, um, all really rallied around him, which I think is really a testament to the brotherhood that he speaks of. And and that's really how it should be. When you have real family, real friends, they know you at your core. And when somebody makes an accusation, they're like, hold on a second, this isn't the person that I know. And they rally to your side. That's how it should be. That's how you know that you have a real team around you that feels strong and healthy and robust. So I, I saw that on his team. It was it was quite impressive. Um, you also saw all the traders come out and you also saw all the people who were like, oh, I don't know. I'm on the fence, this, that, who were willing to throw him under the bus. I've seen a lot of people in the last 48 hours suddenly come out and be like, oh, you know, trying to get on his good side again. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys were throwing him under the bus when he got arrested. You decided that he was guilty on second one. You decided all of these things about him. You bought into the media talking points because you didn't want to be flagged. You didn't want to be censored. You didn't want your YouTube channel to be pulled down. Me, 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 overgrown babies. And now that he's under house arrest, you're like, oh, well, now he's going to get out. So let me get back on his good side again. Let me tell you something. You're messing with the wrong dude. This guy's got eyes in front of his head. He's got eyes in back of his head. He saw what you did. He saw and he took note. He's got a little notepad. He wrote it down and your name is in there. So that's number one. But I think it's also a really interesting testament to the fact that when you do build this brotherhood, they talk about this brotherhood. And, and what's been interesting is to see is like these things that they're talking about are real for them. You know, I, I get him get in my jail cell and I'm doing push-ups. That's real for him. That advice that he gives out is real for him. It's lived in. This stuff he's talking about, about a brotherhood who will have your back till the end, that's real for him. That's his life. He's seeing the positive benefits and effects of that in real time. And he's showing you, everyone out there, find this for yourself. It's irreplaceable. And it will pick you up when times, you know, are very challenging and when you have to navigate around the tools of the matrix, you've got a team with you. You don't want to do that alone, right? And I always say, like, move to a community where you can have a real community around you, people that really genuinely care, people who have, you know, a similar vision of what a good, prosperous society looks like, well-intentioned people. That's the goal. Okay, this is really interesting as well, this next one. He says, I remember this, and he shows a photo from uh, a chess tournament. Do you have that one? Yep. Okay, so that's chess family, and it's a photo there. And he says, I remember this. I remember him withdrawing me from the tournament when I was six years old. I beat the first two adults, then lost three in a row. I asked, will I be able to beat them at chess when I'm grown up? He replied, son, once you grow up, you'll beat anyone at anything. What a, what a dad, man. What a dad to say that. Um, imagine going through life feeling that way, feeling that sense of I can accomplish anything, right? You've got that push behind you that's telling you, one, do better 
when you need to do better, but also your potential is here, you know? And think about how many kids grow through life and they're always being told, well, that's too hard, or I don't know if you want to do that, or you have limitations on, that's very confining, right? This, he seems to have had a father that said, you want to make it happen, you're going to make it happen, which is very indicative of the man that you see today. I thought that that was very powerful. He talks about his father a lot. But I thought that was very, very indicative of who he is as a person. And when you see him walk out of a jail cell and look kind of just strangely together, I mean, frankly, listen, <laughs> I get more frazzled if my trip to the grocery store doesn't go well, right? I come out and I'm like, the day is ruined, <laughs> you know? It's over. Andrew Tate walks out of jail looking more composed and calm than I do when I've just had an average rough morning. Okay. So this guy is built for war. I don't care if you love him or hate him. The guy is built for war. And if you know what hits the fan, this is exactly the kind of guy that you want front and center, that you don't want sitting in a jail cell, by the way, and that you want to be strategically figuring out, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. This is a guy that's got plans, right? This is a guy that figures out, you know, a place to go. It's like nuclear war. And he's somewhere eating beef jerky and it's fine, right? And you're like, where is that guy? That's where we all need to be. What did he figure out? Because this is always going and it's not frazzling him. This is the state you want to get yourself. When they talk about stoicism, this is what they're talking about, by the way. They're strengthening that because you're not frazzled like me going to the grocery store like a crazy person. Okay. Um, I want to do... Let's do two of Tristan's. Do you see those, yep. Deli? We're going to do two of Tristan. I don't want to leave Tristan out of this because Tristan also... I know sometimes he's the little brother and people forget, but I don't. I want to do two of those. And then I just want to give you some context of where I think this is going. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, Tristan says... There are many convicted criminals, this was great, on Instagram. I get falsely imprisoned, and when released without charges, I return to find my profile gone. He's talking about his Instagram. My content is cars, suits, and motivational quotes. Who's got Zuck's number? Somebody talked to him for me. Which was, but you know, it's true. If you looked at Tristan, because in this whole process, Tristan's Instagram vanished, you remember. If you looked at that page, it was nothing. It was just that. It was cars and, you know... The, him looking at like fancy jewelry and it was there was nothing there there wasn't even he wasn't even wading into gender stuff or controversy Andrew wades into controversy when it comes to politics much more it wasn't any of that on the page so they decided they didn't like him they decided again media at large big tech at large decided these are guys who are threatening, who've been accused of something. We don't like the accusations. Hence, we are going to define them as guilty. We're going to pull their platforms down. We're going to minimize the influence. We're going to use the fact that they've been accused of something as an excuse to censor them. That's all big tech needs. It's an excuse to say, oh, now we have justification. Pull it all down. Minimize their reach. That's how this works. This is a game of just strategy right opportunity arose to silence them and they seized on it with zero justification there was zero justification to shut Tristan Tate's account down zero and yet they do it and the only place it's not happening is uh Twitter because Elon Musk these people are by the way these these big tech sitting behind the computer making these decisions monsters a lot of them real evil stuff going on then he says um this is interesting and I thought very indicative you saw the before same shirt, and I guess he went and shaved up, cleaned up, kind of looking more on the right, like what we're used to seeing Tristan look like. And he says, there is neither happiness nor misery in this world. There is only the comparison of one state with another, nothing more. And that's a quote. 
Interesting. Again, though, these guys, do you realize what they've been through? Come to their house, stick them in jail. We covered all of this in horrific conditions, un- unable to have a proper, you know, their lawyers weren't getting the information getting it a couple hours before big files to review, gross injustices in the legal system. His own American lawyer didn't have access to him. There was talk at one point, was he getting the medical care he needed? We found out he did get to the hospital. But there were a lot of questions about what was going on. Do they look like two guys that have just been through battle? I, I don't see it. I, I'm, in, I'm in awe of just the... Here I am. I mean, Tristan was making jokes about alligator shoes. I'm like, what were y'all doing? Did you have some filet mignon in that prison that we don't know about? I mean, to come out so, it's a testament. And it's, you know what? Listen, if they were out there saying all the stuff that they've said, and they came out and walked out and looked like I would, frazzled, hair standing on end, eyes bloodshot, shaking like a leaf, uh, you know, you would be like, these guys are full of it, right? They're telling everybody to do all this stuff. And look at them. They're falling apart at the seams. But that didn't happen. So they are they are actually practicing what they preach. I, I'm, I can't believe the composure and the calm and the peace, which is also, I guess, speaks to religion in some respect, too. I think Andrew found religion and in that found a lot of, of ground, like in, in terms of plant your feet in the ground. You know, you have a, a different perspective. There's a humility that comes with that that is unavoidable when you embrace religion, any religion for that matter, when you really embrace something bigger than you. Okay. So what do we see here as a, in sum to get on to the rest of what we have co- to cover for today? But what do we see here? So we're going to have tons of media that want to talk to him. We talked about that already. I can't even imagine the outreach. It's probably like everybody who hates this guy trying to, oh, we'd love to, we'd love to do an interview. Yeah, yeah, he knows, honey. He knows. He knows you want to talk to him. So here's what I would do if I were him. People asked me this the other day, Jed, what would you do? You've been in the media business for a long time. People forget. They see me here sitting at this microphone railing against, you know, feminism and all that. But that that is my industry, right? I know how evil national media is because I was in it, battling it. Lost a couple jobs battling it as well. I wouldn't talk to any of them. If I were him, I would take several days and I would talk to no one. No, his Twitter is fine. His zero. Let them fester. Their hair is going to be standing on end. They'll be outside his house soon. Please. Ah, You know, haggard. Let him get haggard. He knows that ultimately, if he has that conversation, he's going to be edited, whatnot. By the way, that brings me to another point. Let me write a note here. Okay. When he ultimately decides to speak to the world, he should do it himself. He should go on his rumble and he should speak directly to everybody with completely no filter. Don't give anybody else, whether it's uh, an interviewer, I- I'm talking about myself to anybody. Don't give anybody the satisfaction of that opportunity. That's your moment. Take it unfiltered. Speak to everyone. Go on your channel. That's where you should do it. That's number one. Then he should agree to, he should handpick a few people that he thinks he's going to get a fair shot to tell his story. Right. And he should go there and he should have those conversations if he wants to at all, if he needs to at all. He doesn't need to. But if he chooses to do so and he should not agree to do any content that is edited, zero, zero. It's either live or it doesn't happen. You tell them that you're Andrew Tate and you say it's either live or it doesn't happen. They'll do it live. They'll do it live. You'll embarrass them, but they'll do it live. They want the views. They want the hits. And I would be very, very diligent about not giving energy, time, clicks to people who are going to try to utilize this as an opportunity to make you look bad. You just, it's just, it doesn't help you. You don't need them. 
And there's no better way to aggravate the media at large, by the way, than to ignore them, right? Because they're, they're attention whores at, 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 they're attention hungry. They are. They're just always like, me, me, you want to talk to me? And some of them are sitting in these, I remember, you know, working at The View, you have all this clout, right? You're like, oh, everybody wants to talk to The View, <laughs> you know? The people who didn't, the people who said, I'm good, always drove them nuts. They would be like, they don't want to come on The View. And I'd be like, no, they don't want to come on because you're going to marginalize them. You're going to make a mess of it. You're going to, you're going to cut to commercial at the wrong, no, they don't need to be tortured for nothing. So there's some, some people that grow wise to that real quick and they're like, nah, I'm good. And I always got a little, little perk in my step when I had people, oh, he declined. <laughs> I'd laugh. Even though I was on the show, I was like, what a smart person to decline coming here because I knew what was going to happen to that person. So he should be very careful about what he does. Um, I think that you're going to see uh, an Andrew who's focused on the Quran. I think you're going to see an Andrew that's focused on calling out the bad stuff in society, right, the hedonism, I think you're going to see a guy who's been through it and had a lot of time to self-reflect and has more of a focus than you've seen in a long time. I think you're going to see a guy who realizes what's out to get not just him but the rest of society and is going to make targeted comments about things that he knows his influence has weight on. I think you're going to see a stronger uh, Andrew Tate than you've seen probably ever. And it, I think that if knowing what, what I know of him from research him extensively. I think ultimately he he's probably feeling very grateful for the experience of having been arrested and having been publicly targeted. It gave him a chance to see who his friends really are. It gave him a chance to expose the losers who were just looking for the clicks, right? It gave him a chance to know if that inner circle is intact and if not, where are the weak links and they're going to get tossed out. And it gave him an idea of who's targeting him and why. And it gave him probably a renewed passion also to speak out because this is a guy who has influence. Listen, no one comes after you if you don't have influence, right? No one, no one tries to get you fired. No one tries to shut you up unless what you're saying has the ability to convince people that there's a better way, that there's a different way. So this guy now knows his power more than ever before, and it's accurate. He's, he has a very, very, very far and wide reach. And there's a lot of people that are pissed off because they know that all of what just happened in the last two months was unjust. All of it unjust and that the Matrix was happy to let it be unjust just so they could silence a guy who was trying to prevent the Matrix agenda from infiltrating your life. You, the little guy out there. This guy is speaking up for you. And now you know it and he knows it and the Matrix knows it. So, whew. It's about to get spicy. All right. So that's my Tate coverage. I want to read through these. Uh, Deli, I'm going to read through these that are in here because then we're going to switch topics. So I'm going to take these. Azimuth South, 20 bucks. Men in New York City was sent to Rikers Island. Put in the box. No charges. After one year, they will release you. We not rich like the Taste Brothers. You making him as idle of men. He is not. I served too flat on bogus charges. No one cares anyway. Well, that's not true, actually. Let me say. I actually spend a lot of time. In fact, we've covered um, a lot of individuals who face bogus charges. And the reality is that 
you know, yes, the Tates have been through this. It's a reality of their experience. But this does happen to people who don't have fame. And this does happen to people that don't have a ton of money. And we cover that, too. We covered uh, a grocery store owner a while back who was attacked in his grocery store. And the person who attacked him walked free while he was charged. We cover incidents on the subway. You now have men on the subway repeatedly that will witness a guy being inappropriate or, or, or doing something they shouldn't be doing with respect to a woman. And the men are afraid to now act on behalf of that woman because they're afraid they're going to land in jail. We cover those stories actually a lot. And by the way, somebody like an Andrew Tate only helps to shine light on that reality, right? That, yeah, this is happening to him and he's powerful, but this does happen to people. This is why innocence until proven guilty as a theme is a theme of this show. And this is why, you know, believe her, believe all women. That's not, that's just not grounded in any type of healthy uh, a, a healthy uh, look at a law. It's not legal. It's not legal. I mean, believe her. But what does that even mean? Um, so I do shine a light on that. I appreciate your comment, but I do. Um, yo, uh, this is 140. I don't know what where he is, but I never understood how women spend almost all their time trying to emasculate a strong man, and then when he finally gives in, they lose all respect and leave. That's right. It's sometimes some of it is a test, right? So if you if you as a woman if you're bitching at a guy like oh ah and the guy caves. Now some of their testosterone just sunk. You're like, oh, I control him. Okay. No, he's not that attractive. But if a guy turns around and says, listen, I'm not going to tolerate this. So either you're going to stop or I'm going to leave. You decide. I'm going to be back in two hours. You let me know. Bye. And leaves. She'll be shaking. <laughs> right? She's like, wait a minute. You got to establish that, you know, there are boundaries. There are boundaries. Disrespect. I, I would not tolerate disrespect. By the way, women shouldn't tolerate disrespect. Men shouldn't tolerate. There's no room for that. There's no room for There's no need for it unless you're trying to have some type of power play. Puffy Vegas, five bucks. According to the Gnostic Gospels, Jesus Christ's wife name was Mary Magdalene. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we're going to dig into the rest of this show now. We're going to keep, we covered a lot here. So we might, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to everything today, but I want to get to this TikTok. Hit that subscribe button. I saw a flash on the screen. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Hit like if you want to help me to continue to be able to do what I do here. Um, I appreciate it very, very much. So this TikTok comes out and it's do not approach me and it goes viral. And then there were several follow-ups. We're going to play these because I want you to see the original and then I want to, I want to, interestingly, everyone got twisted in a knot over this. Let's go to the first one, Deli. That's number uh, four. Mm-hmm. And that's the first clip. Okay, let's play. And you may have seen this already. Bear with me. I'm literally shaking right now because I just had a man approach me in a parking lot. And it went fine. And I'm going to tell you why it went fine and how to address it. Because it was in a book I read. And this is how you're supposed to address it. But it scared me. I'm literally, I'm literally shaking. So this guy, I am a, alone with my son, by myself, a woman. And a male approached me in a parking lot. He's excuse me, miss. And I don't know why in the hell he was approaching me or what he was trying to do. And before he, I mean, he was probably 30 feet from me when he said, excuse me, ma'am. And I turned around and I literally yelled at him and I said, do not approach me. And he like immediately started going in the other direction. And I just kept saying it over and over and over. I said, do not approach me. Do not approach me. And he of course like got like, 
what the f like he started mm-hmm. cussing and yelling like what what's your problem and i and i looked at him and he started he actually then crossed a couple cars down from my car and he didn't come anywhere near me he crossed a couple cars down from my car and was like what's con- continuing to cuss and say what's your problem and i said you do not approach women in a parking lot i just kept saying do not approach me you do not approach women in a parking lot like yelling it no male no male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot ever should no male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot and if a male does approach you you need to turn around and use the strongest voice that you can possibly use with them don't be polite they need to literally screw off no male should be approaching you in a parking lot okay so that's the first video <laughs> you heard the baby in the back seat i see the baby like <laughs> ah, the baby's probably like you crazy mama you crazy if that baby could talk he'd be like mom Maybe her ex approached her. Take in the some lot. exactly, <laughs> yeah. mom. Take some melatonin, something to just. Whew. So we see this, and it, controversy erupts. Here's my take, and we're going to show. Then there were follow ups. Oh, were there? There were three actually. Um, but my immediate reaction was, as I watched everybody be like, "Oh, she's right. Oh, she's crazy." So here's, I'm a female, right? I'm little. I don't, it just doesn't do justice to how small I actually am. Anytime I post a picture from here, it looks like I'm just either looking, you know, everyone's either much bigger this way, much bigger. Something's just, I don't know. I'm like kind of like a dwarf. But regardless, um, it's broad daylight. So I sit and I say, okay, it's broad daylight. You're in a parking lot. You're saying the guy said, excuse me, ma'am. And he's 30 feet away. So that that doesn't sound to me as like a menacing threat. It's not dark out. He's not right there. He's not pushing himself on you in some way. Um, it, it it just sounded like to me, like what does she have some experience with trauma in this area before? Has she had a terrible experience before? Something Did something go on to make this level of a reaction to the scene as she described it, right? With that being said, I immediately said to myself, yeah, guys just should never approach women in parking lots. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't because it's a position where you see in movies a lot where women are trying to get to their car and oh my gosh, and there's like a guy coming and it just has a menacing vibe to it just by nature. So, okay, he shouldn't have approached in a parking lot unnecessarily, but was there a reason and did she overreact? It seemed like there was to be shaken like this in broad daylight. It seemed odd to me. It struck me as odd. Okay, so then let's keep watching. Let's watch the second one me today in a parking lot while I was alone with my son bent over trying to put him in his car seat. I'm getting a lot of comments like this one that how I responded to protect me and my son in that situation was over the top. Other people are saying he could have just been trying to help or that someone that says excuse me ma'am isn't a criminal. So let me ask you this. What does a criminal look like? At what point do you choose to defend yourself? Are you going to wait until somebody with an orange jumpsuit approaches you or maybe someone with a t-shirt that says I'm a rapist or a human trafficker or I'm about to rob you? Whatever your threshold might be, I would suggest that you don't wait until the person is right on top of you to do something about it. And as a woman, never underestimate your instincts. Okay. As a woman, that end phrase, as a woman, like you're amazing. You know everything. I can't. So again, she paints this as like she was in some heated self-defense moment and she was protecting herself and her child from this menacing threat. And I'm just, I mean... The way it was presented thus far, and I'm just going based on her words. I wasn't there. You weren't there. It does sound like a woman gone a little mad. No, like, okay, you now have to defend what many were labeling as an overreaction by making it like you were in this moment of defending and protecting yourself and your son. I have yet to see her mention something at this point, and we're going to go on, that sounds like a real legitimate 
threat. And the guy probably, you know, in this, I could see if the guy wasn't doing anything wrong. Maybe he was like, hey, uh, by the way, or whatever he was doing. Oh, wow, this woman's crazy walking away, like talking to himself like, wow, what, you know, because you have a fine line here, too, of like what, like you can't turn everyone into a perpetrator just like that. You know, you can't walk through life with this sense of constant fragility to the point where everyone is now harmful, even if they're 30 feet away from you in broad daylight and saying, excuse me, ma'am. So where is that fine line? Well, let's keep going. Okay, so then a third video pops up, which struck my interest. Let's play it, Deli. I don't know how I ended up with 50,000 new friends, but I am so happy that all of you guys are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. In honor of reaching 50K, I'm gonna be posting an introduction video. That's actually something I don't think I've ever done before. I don't think I've actually done a formal introduction on TikTok. So I am gonna be posting that. But I just wanna thank all of you guys for being here and helping me create this community that supports and empowers working moms. <sighs> so girlfriend, girlfriend got famous, Deli. Girlfriend got famous, the power went to her head. So the question is, did she do this all to, to get some type of reaction out of all of you? She seems a little too excited about, oh my God, I got 50,000 followers. Woo! What's next? Watch the few weeks now. She's going to be like, I am in a movie theater parking lot and I'm shaking <laughs> and something just happened to me. I mean, you know, you just never know because they're all so dying for attention on this stuff. But I thought that was interesting that she took. Now, first of all, if you, again, these young women, if you like seize that moment, you're like, wow, I got 50,000 followers. Awesome. Like maybe just keep it to yourself, honey. You just, you made a video about it. So now we're all like, oh, that's why she did it. Come on. She's enjoying the fame. This was like her moment. You know, this is like she went up on the stage to accept her Oscar. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Then, then people still were responding to her. So she comes. Did you, is the last one there too? Okay, let's do that. Wow, I failed to provide some very much needed context to my last video. So we are going to get right on that because you guys just think I scream at guys in parking lots for fun. And that is not the case. The situation has never happened to me before. And I really hope it never happens again. So first of all, we were in a mall parking lot that was completely dead. I don't know what it is about the mall in the middle of the day, but there was nobody there. Second, this was the sketchiest looking guy I have ever seen in my entire life. And I think he was trying to ask me for money because then he proceeded to walk down the rest of the parking lot looking for people to ask. I didn't have any other form of protection. I didn't want him getting anywhere near enough to me to like knock me out and rob me. I'm not saying that definitely would have happened, but I didn't want to open up myself to that possibility. When I first saw this guy, I had just put my son in his car seat and I stood up to see this guy across the aisle, the other cars. I'm not sure if that's exactly 30 feet, but that's where he was. And he was walking as fast as he possibly could towards me so fast that I did not have the time to walk around to my other side of the car mm -hmm. and get in. Finally, I definitely hadn't dropped anything. This guy wasn't trying to help me. He was coming at me from the opposite direction of how, where I came out of the store. In general, I am not a super paranoid person. I don't scare easily. It's actually, my husband has actually had to tell me, you need to take a little bit more precautions because there are bad people in this world. So for me to be in a situation like this that legitimately scared me, it wasn't a good situation. I did what I needed to do to protect myself and my son. And if that was an overreaction, then so be it. I would rather overreact in the moment and absolutely nothing happened than open myself up to the possibility of something happening. And again, I really hope this never happens again. I like talking to people in public. I'm generally pretty friendly to people in public, but this was not that. Okay. So you notice how the story evolves now because everybody's like, girlfriend, you sound crazy. You were in a parking lot. He's 30 feet away. He said, excuse me, ma'am. Now you have a tip. What is going on? Then you just put a video out. Oh, my God, I have 50,000 followers. Now she comes in and the story's different. The story has changed. Now it's, oh, the mall was dead. The guy was looking for money, was sketchy looking. 
Oh, I don't know. Actually, if it was 30 feet, maybe it was like 10. I don't know. Sounds like, you know, somebody who's making up a story. And you never notice somebody who's telling a story. I'm not saying she's lying 100%, but it does sound a little lit like that. You ever tell, hear somebody who's in, a, in the midst of a lie? They tell you a lie and they tell you the story and you're like, wow. And then a couple hours later, the story's like a little different. And then like the next day, you're like, well, you didn't say he rang the doorbell three, three times. That never came up. Because when you lie, you're always forgetting. You're forgetting like what? Because it, was, it didn't happen that way. So you're embellishing. I think what happened was something maybe happened. She did overreact. She made this video like, oh, I'm going to seize this moment for something. And then ultimately got a lot of heat because it sounded crazy. And then she came back and had to embellish it to make it sound like there was justification for her to be like this in the car in broad daylight, right? So that's what it sounds like to me. That And uh, this woman is married, the poor guy. Imagine having to deal with this woman. This now, one, she basically had a guy 30 feet away in broad daylight oh, say, say, excuse me, ma'am. And that has generated five videos worth. Of, I mean, we're sitting here. I mean, is it... Is it me or does the, does it does the crazy sting a bit, right? And then still I'll have to defend and protect. Like I, I listen, I don't know what to tell you, honey. Maybe get some mace, get some get something so that you feel a little bit more secure about your ability to just face the world. Again, let me throw this caveat: guys, don't approach women in parking lots. Don't. I don't care if she's maybe you're trying to hit on somebody, get a number. Maybe they do drop something. I know that there's also a conflict here because then you got gentlemanly guys who are like, well, wait, but if she drops something and I'm just saying, hey, it's not worth, do not, unless you're approaching that woman because another guy is doing something shady and you're rushing to her aid, women don't like to be approached in parking lots. It spooks us out because of how media has presented that for many years and it just spooks us out in general. So unless, you know, I wouldn't have this reaction, something a little is going on, but some people might, right? So your safest bet is to just not don't use that as an area to get a phone number and whatnot that the only reason you should be approaching a woman in a parking lot is because somebody else is bothering them and you're coming to her rescue is bottom line really otherwise it's it's just not safe to her for you you'll get 17 videos made up about you like this and we'll be talking about it till kingdom come i mean this is some type of crazy all right so i want to shift to number five you see number five deli uh the word judgment let's take a listen to this one i love this clip ultimate thing if I can do a little psychoanalysis that might be preventing someone like you from attaining your dream girl is you have this block where you think so much about body count so much about her being a high value woman so you're saying I'm going in with what too much little, expectations I don't even think no. it's expectations I think it's judgment I, a little like too much judgment instead of taking into account all these other things you're focused on these like minuscule things and you're minuscule i mean body you're just count? not you're not taking you're just saying body count that's like so physical like are you not you're focused too much on the past too you're not really focused as much present. here's what's so funny to me i think women are unaccustomed to hearing men communicate and articulate their preferences, standards, and okay. boundaries. Women are the queens of going for exactly what they want. You're you good. guys have. Yep, he goes on, but th th that that <laughs> that moment was. First of all, do you remember the bunny? Do you remember the rabbit? I think you do. I we played some clips from that episode. We did not play that short, and we did not play that section. But we play. I remember when I second I saw her, I said, "Oh, the rabbit! The bunny is back." <laughs> You know, somebody get her a carrot. Can you imagine I show up and I give her a carrot? That would make the episode. So always listen to a woman in a bunny costume. 
Never, never. She shows up in a bunny costume. Just stop listening. I'm serious. Put your headphones in. Be like, honey, no, I can't. You can't be dressing like that and be taken seriously. So what's interesting to me is that in the process of telling Brian that he's judgmental because he cares about body count, he cares whether his woman was a 304, is a 304, cares about whether his woman would have enough self-respect to have some discretion about who she sleeps with. Um, In the process of that, of saying, oh, you're judgmental, they're judging him. They're judging him. They're saying that what he cares about doesn't count. That's judgmental, honey. Honey bunny. No pun intended. That's judgment. I love the way they say, oh, it's minuscule. It's minuscule. Whether you were, you know, sleeping with everybody, that's minuscule. That's not minuscule to him, right? You don't get to decide, modern woman, what's minuscule to a guy. You don't. You don't get to say, well, the fact that I slept with, you know, 30 guys is minuscule. It's only physical. First of all, it's not only physical. It's physical and it's mental. It's energy that you invested in all of those guys. Did you love them? Did you care about them? Who were they? Were you fickle about it? That's nasty, right? It's, it's not just physical. We all know that most women do have some emotional entanglement when they sleep with someone. In fact, most people have some emotional entanglement. Let's be honest. Some. Some energy exchange. Something, right? Okay. So they want this written off as it shouldn't matter. Why? Because they want their bad behavior written off like it shouldn't matter. They want an excuse like, oh, well, this stuff's not important. It's minuscule. It's only physical. It's this, that. You're just being judgmental. No. This is called a guy who has the courage, the audacity to say what he wants and just say, I don't want a slutty girl. I don't want a girl who's not been particular. I don't want a girl who's slept around with everybody. I don't want a girl that doesn't pair sex with emotion. I don't want a girl that can just sleep with anyone and wake up the next day like nothing happened and sleep with people as easy as it is to go through a drive-thru, you know, at Burger King. That's disgusting to me. I don't want it. Now, suddenly, that guy gets vilified for just saying what he wants. That's it. But a woman doesn't get vilified for saying what? I want this. I want that. I don't like this. I don't like that. They say it all the time. People should be allowed to have their preferences. Just because a modern woman doesn't understand the preferences of a man doesn't mean that she gets to deny that those preferences should have a voice or gets to deny that those preferences should be met. That is not up to you, honey. And if he rejects you because you had a nasty body count, then that's his call, I guess. And you can self-reflect on what you were doing for the past 10 years that didn't land you that high value man. Okay. All right. Let's go to a couple more topics. I know we're going to go over by about 10 minutes today because we started a little late, but this is, oh, this is the best. (laughs) Got a number six, Deli. Okay, crazy alert. I warned you. Okay. Title's insane. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why I hate biological men, and you should too. If you don't know who I am, my name is Blossom. I use they, them pronouns. And it's not because I hate men. That's not what we're talking about right now. There's no such thing as biological men. That's not a real thing. That is a transphobic dog whistle. What it's doing is it's trying to justify transphobia using science when, Mm. first of all, man is a term associated with gender and not with sex. But even if we were talking about males, sex is also a spectrum. So if you ever hear somebody say biological men or biological males or any language like that call them out run away educate them do something it's not it okay honey blossom you're a biological man i don't know how to tell you right okay you can dress up as whatever you want i don't care blossom but you you are a biological man these these are just scientific terms this is not me saying i like blossom or i don't for all i know blossom could be lovely right? Maybe we could be great friends. I don't know what your likes are, your dislikes. I I don't know anything about you. But the fact of being a biological man or a biological woman is grounded in science. That's all. It's grounded in science. It's grounded in your, you know, sex organs. It's grounded in anatomy. 
Okay, this is not subjective stuff. There are two sexes, male, female, right? When I, there's not like a whole spectrum of all sorts of options, and I know you use they, them, whatever. I don't know, you know. But this, we're now just, again, there was a time where it was live and let live, right? And I am one who used to say, just do whatever you want. I don't care what you want to identify. Just, it's your life. It's not mine. Then it became that somebody else had to acknowledge your false reality. So if you decided you were an elephant, somebody else had to call you an elephant and stroke your trunk, right? Okay? No, that got a little weird for me. Like, well, why does somebody else have to acknowledge some alternate reality that you live in in your head? That's weird. Now we're at a point where it's like, oh no, biological men don't exist. Biological women don't exist. That's all farce, which is completely and utterly false. Not grounded in any science, not grounded in any reality. We're now entering a world where the subjective is going to be elevated over what's real. Just ask yourself, I know I always say the slippery slope's getting a little slippery, but where does this fall? Where does this end, right? Does this end with 755 genders? Does this end with words not having value? Does this end, where does it end if you can no longer objectively just say, this is true? This is true and maybe you don't like it and maybe you want to change your reality and what you live every day and maybe you want to have an operation and maybe you want to take hormones. Okay, you're an adult. You can make those decisions, but it doesn't change the truth, which is that you were born this and now you're trying to change into this. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. So you people out there, when you talk about these things, you don't have to be insensitive to people, but now it's it's like before it was like, well, you're, you know, you're insensitive because you're yelling at me. You want me marginalized. You don't want me to be able to work. You want me to be, you know, relegated to a free corner of society. That's different, right? No one's saying that. But what people are saying that, and, you know, maybe there were a few people who, you know, whatever. But vast majority of people are just saying, this is just the truth. So I'm just going to keep saying there's biological men, there's biological women. And now somehow if that offends somebody, it's off the table. You can't say facts. You can't talk about sex chromosomes. This is getting sick. This is getting sick. And by the way, the sickness is growing on TikTok almost exclusively. I cannot tell you the amount of brainwashing I see. It's sick that these young kids go and listen to. And then suddenly they're, they're in this warped reality that's not real. And then you have a lot of celebrities in Hollywood that are brain dead to begin with, right? And they're all like, oh my God, maybe that's true. I mean, you saw that. Did you see that video of Dylan Mulvaney, who by the way, does not appear well. I'm sorry, but Dylan Mulvaney is now dressing as a little girl and like little girl costumes. Anyway, did you see the clip where she was with Drew Barrymore and they were sitting on the floor and something just mentally unwell is going on in a world where we can no longer just acknowledge factual reality. That's all I'm saying. This is not a conversation about what grown adults should do with their lives or their bodies. That is not up to me. That is up to you. This is a conversation about our inability to just acknowledge the truth, not your truth, not Delhi's truth, the truth, the truth, which is that there are biological men and there are biological women, the end. Okay. Now, two last topics we have on this um, interesting. So we talk a lot about women's sports and the death of women's sports. And by the way, women's sports are dying. Um, it's very, very sad what's going on. Very sad. And people say, oh, it's just a couple of cases here and that you come talk to me in 10 years and you watch what's happening because I'm seeing more and more and more of it. And by the way, if we are not grounded in facts anymore, what, what, I mean, what's going to happen? Let's not be dumb. Okay. I see this article that from the New York Post and it says male powerlifter enters women's event and breaks record. Check this out. 
A bearded pro powerlifter entered a women's competition in Canada and smashed a record held by a trans lifter who was watching. So this is the best story because the top one spot is held by a man and the top two spot is held by a man, a trans woman. So also a man. (laughs) And the second man is upset at the first man. This is just batshit. Okay. So Avi Silverberg, the head coach for the Team Canada powerlifting for more than 10 years, entered Saturday's Heroes Classic Tournament in Alberta after identifying as a female. And he did this to prove a point, obviously. Identifies as a female. He says, oh, I'm going to be a female. I'm going to just enter. Video shared by athlete activist groups, the Independent Council on Women's Sports, shows him walking up to the platform, fully bearded and wearing a regular men's little, that little outfit they wear. He casually... Notice the word casually, bench press nearly 370 pounds, beating the current Alberta women's record by almost 100 pounds. Look at him, 100 pounds. That record, by the way, the person he beats who came in second at 275 was held by trans athlete Ann Andres, who was seen watching Silverberg. So the second one is by a man who transitioned into a woman and took the hormones and had the surgery, but was still a man. Do you see the sickness that's going on here? Now, look at this guy. Okay, look look at the size of this guy. This guy bench presses people my size for just, you know, oh, this is my, uh, let me just, this is my warm-up, you know. Look at him. Can you imagine? I'm a woman. And he goes in and, how, what is wrong with society? Canada, by the way, uh, beyond. We started the show talking about Canada. What a sick place that's turning into. Okay, so now what happens is, you won't believe the, the way the article goes. I couldn't believe it. The trans woman who's second gets mad at the guy and comes out and posts a series of lengthy videos, by the way, calling him a coward, calling him a bigot, saying that, oh, maybe my participation isn't necessarily fair. You know, there's science, whatever. But at least I transitioned. I've been, I transitioned for almost 20 years, so I am entitled to be here. That guy isn't because he's trying to prove a point. <laughs> so now you've got a biological male being attacked by another biological male who decided to become a woman because that trans woman is mad that the biological male who didn't take the hormones and didn't get the surgery beat, <laughs> beat the record that Kishi had, whatever. Exactly what it is. I mean, what type of crazy is going on? And and the woman says, the trans woman says, I got surgery. I can prove without any doubt whatsoever that I've gone through every step, which means whatever governing body decides to make decisions, I will pass the test. I actually care about women in sports because I am a woman in the sport. Okay, you know what? Where, where do you even go from here? Where do you even go from here? I don't even know what to say. Listen, you can't have men in women's sports. This is getting, this is really getting sick. And I understand if you're a trans woman and you take the hormones, I understand there is some testosterone depletion. I understand there is a difference between a regular biological man and then a, uh, the terms, the trans woman who then gets the surgery, takes the hormones. There is a difference there, right? In terms of hormones, all of that. If you can acknowledge that, you can also acknowledge that there's a difference between that trans woman and an actual woman. I mean, it's infuriating to see this stuff. Can you imagine... I think they did a South Park episode on this. South actually. Park, I know. And South Park doesn't care. South Park did it. Oh, you know what? South Park did a great Andrew Tate thing, but I can't play it because we'll get copyright. But, oh, look. <laughs> look. <laughs> look, at <laughs> look at it, though. And we laugh, but look at the crazy. Look at the crazy. And you know what you often see, too? That reminds me the, the podium 
to see like the man, the biological man in the middle that looks like an absolute giant. And then you see these two little women that are like holding up their second and third place trophy. I mean, it's just what is going on in the world? Where do we go? Is there a time machine? I don't even know where to go. Can we go to another country? Can't go to Canada. That's out. All right. Last topic of the day today. This was a fascinating show. I don't know what I did with that article, Delhi. It's about makeup. Let me see. Oh, here we go. Last title of the day. We did, we did a lot of Matrix topics. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Reason I took on the Matrix today is because we started with Tate. So I figured it would only be fitting, right? We have to take down the apparatus that tried to take him out. I see this article. God help us all. Men look more, more masculine when they wear makeup. What is going on in the world? Okay, so you read this article. It says, one study found that men look more masculine when they're wearing makeup. The findings showed that male faces were rated as being higher in attractiveness when presented as wearing makeup, as well as having an increased perceived masculine. And you can scroll down. So what they actually do is they put makeup on the guys in a more natural way. It, they call it, this is, you know, this is catchy. But what they're doing, if you go further down, they show the before and after of the guys. And look, look. So they cover their dark circles, they put foundation, they put powder, they create more symmetry contour on the guys' faces. And this is what they say. The researchers, they did 20 men that they photographed before and after. And, and the show that the individual without wearing any cosmetics, and then the second one was the same one with. And they said, we found that the male faces were rated as higher in attractiveness when presented wearing subtle makeup. Okay, meaning not something extravagant, mascara and all that, but subtle makeup. Okay, let me tell you something straight up. I'm going to tell you straight up. If at any point in my life I had gone on a date with a man and the light had shone <laughs> on his face and I had noticed that there was any type of blush or under eye concealer, I would have gone to the bathroom and never came back. I would, I would have been out of there. You know the old school cartoons with a roadrunner? You would actually see his skid marks on the ground. That would have been me. There is no respectable woman that would sit through that meal and be cool unless you're a woman who's going for a goth guy and he's got the law. You know, there's a certain type of look there. That is extremely rare. But if you're out and you're doing subtle makeup, like you're like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going out on a date, but these dark circles, let me just get a little bit of contour on the side. Let me accentuate my cheekbone. And then you go to that date. I'm telling you, you will be left so fast. Your head will spin around exorcist style. This is not attractive to women. Women do not want to see you getting ready in the bathroom and taking as long as they do. Women do not want to know that you know what a contour brush is or that you know what under eye concealer shade you are or that you add a little highlight in the morning before you go out. Women are not drawn to these things in men. Media wants you to believe, by the way, that women are drawn to these things in men. Why? Because then men do these things. They become increasingly less attractive to women. And you have, you know, breakdown of the family, right? Then you have men over here. You've got women over here. Nobody likes each other. Nobody procreates. You've got women freezing the eggs and, you know, raising families without guys. You've got women more likely to be leaning on the heavy hand of government. You've got guys over here getting depressed. You've got their suicide rates up. You've got antidepressants, which feeds the big pharma machine. We know what happens here. This is agenda-driven, sick stuff. So let me tell you straight up, guys, I don't care if your dark circles are so black that you look like you haven't slept since, you know, uh, before Christ. Do not put under eye concealer on and go out on your date. She will look at you. She would rather see you exhausted than with makeup. 
I cannot stress. It is so deeply skin crawling. The idea that a guy would, can you imagine in the mirror? I mean, I can't. I really can't. I can't. I saw a guy in the other day. Let me tell you this. I saw a guy the other day in the elevator. And I looked down. He had flip-flops on. And I saw shiny toes. Okay? Shiny. Very shiny. I'm not talking about lotion. His toes had been painted. And he looked like regular, you know, his toenails had been painted. I'm just saying, don't do it. I, I was like, it was not attractive to me. It was not attractive. Not attractive. I'm just saying, stop. Stop doing what you're doing. Don't try to mimic women in the same way that women shouldn't mimic men, right? Men shouldn't mimic women. I'm sorry. Oh, but some guys like the pot. Cool. You can do the pot. Listen, be yourself. Do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you straight up. If you wear makeup as a man, your odds of meeting a woman, you, you took your dating pool from this down to this. I'm not saying there won't be one woman out there that's like, but I really like mm-hmm. one. One out of a hundred. I'm t- even less. Oh God! All right. Do we have uh, chats in here? Are these new? Yeah. Okay. Puffy Vegas five bucks said if he was a chatter Tyrone, she would have gave him her number. That she's talking about the guy to approach the woman yeah. in the parking lot. <laughs> God. AJ Styles uh, gave thirty bucks. Do you have a woman that can be an example for all of these young girls to show and teach proper values how important a woman's role actually is? A woman you personally would endorse? I'm right here. He. Um, no, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't have like a celebrity woman or, a, you know, um, I'm trying to do it as best as I can. Being that I'm an antique, you know, but you got to go older, right? You're talking about a young woman, maybe. No, I don't. I really don't. I don't know of a young woman that I would say uh, no. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? It is. Monica B, uh, did, she, did she say she has a husband? I wonder what type of guy he is. I appreciate you, Jed. That's true. The husband of the girl that was like doing this. I can't. Caleb Faust is here. Five bucks. Welcome, Caleb. If you do end up on whatever, you should go dress as a clown. The women on that pod only seem to listen to other crazies with blue hair. I'm going to go dress just as I am, but I think I will bring an assortment of vegetables. Perhaps the bunny will be there. The <laughs> hamster could show up. I think I'll bring an assortment of food. Um, Somebody might dress up as a dog or a cat. I should bring some treats, right? That's only fair. They might get hungry. It's a long podcast. Omega Rosetsu's here. When a boy in dress tells me that something is wrong with me because I refuse to choke on their rooster, but I be, I think I am entitled to not be sensitive. Oh, boy. Here we go. P. Walker, 15 bucks. Cosmetics industry needs to expand their market using men because the women's market is rather saturated. It's like how they convince women in the 1920s to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, listen. I mean, that's not why they're doing it. I'd love to just say, oh, it's about the cosmetics business trying to make more money. I'm sure there is some component of, oh, why not? It's deeper and uglier and darker than that. They need women to be less attracted to men. It's actually imperative that women be less attractive to men. And it wouldn't, listen, this theory would not exist. Like, I wouldn't be saying this if it also didn't pair up with so many other things. Like the I don't need a man. Like what modern feminism tells women. With the delay that happens. You know, the freezer egg culture. Pair that with what you see here. With the now, oh, men should wear makeup, and you will see a very clear, large, comprehensive picture of the destruction of masculinity and hence the destruction of womanhood and the destruction of the family. It's all connected. All right, we good, Deli? Yep. All right, thank you everyone for being here today. I appreciate all of you. I will see you back here on Wednesday, hopefully with less crazy, just slightly less crazy. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. I'll talk to you soon.